Galatians chapter 4, verse 19. It says, My little children, of whom I travel in birth again, until Christ be formed in you. My little children, of whom I travel in birth again, until Christ be formed in you. The topic of our discussion this morning is Christ in you. Christ in? Somebody is not sure. Say Christ in me. Tell your neighbor Christ in you. That's what binds us together. That's what holds us together. It's Jesus Christ. Nothing else. If Jesus is taken out of the equation, the Bible says, if Christ be not risen, what happens? Vain is our hope. But thank God for Jesus. He fulfills destiny. You will fulfill destiny in Jesus' name. Christ in you. The first thing I want us to take note about Christ in you is that Christ in you gives you grace. Christ in you does what? Gives you grace. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 4, 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 4, Paul the apostle said, I thank my God always on your behalf for the grace of God which is given you by Jesus Christ. Christ in you gives you grace. What is grace? The popular definition is what? Unmerited favor. What is grace? Grace is divine enablement. So when Christ is in you, that which is impossible for you to individually and personally accomplish becomes possible because of Christ in you. Of course we know, the Bible tells us in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9, that by grace you are saved through faith. Not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. By grace you are saved. So Christ in you gives you grace. You come, I mean, you have a relationship with him by what? By grace. But it does not stop there. It doesn't stop there. Your journey starts, I mean, with Christ starts by grace. But your growth in him also depends upon what? Grace. So grace is not just for you to become a Christian. Grace is essential for you to be sustained as a child of God. That's why the Bible says in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 18. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 18. It says, But grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and forever. Amen. I mean, that's, that verse alone is a topic, is a message for another day. But the Lord is telling us to do what? Grow in grace. It's not enough that you are saved by grace. You must grow in grace. And you cannot grow in grace except you grow in what? The knowledge. Tell somebody the knowledge. It's, that's why Paul the apostle, after he had won many souls to Christ, even towards the end of his life, he made that declaration, that I may do what? That I may know him. Philippians chapter 3 verse 10. When he had done so much in the vineyard, he had written so many letters, he made a declaration that I may know him. That I may know him. Very important. Your growth in him depends, I mean, depends on your growth in grace. Grace brings divine manifestation. Grace brings what? Remember we said this month is a month of what? 
This month is our month of divine manifestation. We have prayed. God has answered our prayers. And it's time for some things to be brought forth in us. It's time for some things to be brought forth for us. It's time for God to show himself on our behalf. But you need grace. Tell somebody, I need grace. I need grace. As if you say, I need grace. I need now tell your neighbor, you need grace. Acts chapter 4 verse 33. Acts chapter 4 verse 33. The Bible says, with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And great grace was upon them all. Receive that great grace in Jesus' name. Amen. The grace for divine manifestation. Receive it in Jesus' name. Amen. So number one, Christ in you gives you grace, right? Number two, Christ in you enriches you in utterance and knowledge. Christ in you does what? Enriches you in two key things. One is utterance. The other one is knowledge. There is a song we sing that says, Give me grace to follow. Abundant grace to follow. Give me the grace to follow. Your grace is enough for me. Without grace, you cannot run this race. But with grace, you are assured of success. With grace, you are assured that if the, the, the trumpet sounds today, you'll go with him. With grace, you are assured that when the end comes, because brethren, one day the end will come, true or false, it's either the rapture takes place, or we die by whatever way, I mean, God has decided, one day the end will come. With grace, you can be sure that when the end comes, you, you, you open your eyes and say, oh, glory, thank God, I made it. Ah, tell somebody, you will declare, thank God, I made it. Do you want to make it? I'm not talking about being rich now. I'm not talking about making money now. Do you want to make it to heaven? Or do you believe that heaven is somebody's uh, 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 imagination or whatever? Like many say, brethren, heaven is a place. Tell somebody heaven is a place. Christ in you enriches you in all trans and knowledge. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 5, the Bible says that in everything you are enriched by him in all utterance and in all knowledge. All utterance, what you speak, what comes out of your mouth. You know, when the Bible is talking about holiness, the Bible says, be ye holy. In what? In all manner of conversation. Be holy in what comes out of your mouth. Some of us are unprovokedly filthy. Does that make sense? You don't need to be provoked. When you open your mouth, what comes out of your mouth are those abominations that even ought not to be spoken at school. When children speak those words at school, they will say, apologize. And that's what you, a child of God, a woman of God, that's why I say unprovokedly. Nobody needs to provoke you. You open your mouth, you begin to release words that I mean, they, they, they call them bombs. Lord, have mercy upon us in Jesus' name. The Holy Spirit gives utterance. Acts chapter 2 verse 4. The Bible says they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And began to speak with other tongues. As the Spirit gave them utterance. Even in persecution, the Holy Spirit speaks to you. 
In other words, there will be tough times. Tell somebody tough times. You know, the Bible says, tough times don't, no, not the Bible now. Somebody say a book, yeah. Barobashula. He said, tough times don't last, but who are those that last? Tough people do. Tough times don't last, but tough people do. How do tough people last? The utterance that comes out of their mouth is the word. Is standing in the word. When you get to difficult times, the words you speak are the words that are given by the Spirit of God. That's why the Bible tells us in Luke chapter 12, Luke chapter 12, verse 11 to 12. Luke 12, 11 to 12. says, And when they bring you unto the synagogues, and unto magistrates and powers, take ye no thought how or what thing ye shall answer, or what you shall say, for the Holy Ghost shall teach you in the same hour what she ought to say. The Holy Ghost will teach you at that hour. I mean, this is talking about persecution, as far as the apostles are concerned. But brethren, in this life, is it an interview you are going for? You've prepared, you are ready, there's no question they want to ask you from the dictionary. You are prepared. Well, you get there and they don't even ask you anything from the dictionary that you are, from which you are prepared. But the question they ask is one for which the Holy Ghost has done what? Has prepared you. Utterance. He gives you the word to speak. That's why the Bible makes us to understand that utterance is a grace. Utterance is what? It's a grace. It's a grace. It's a divine unction. It's a divine enablement. In 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 7. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 7. 2 Corinthians 8, 7. The Bible says, therefore, the previous passage I mentioned was Luke 12, not Acts 12. It was Luke 12, 11 to 12. Because I see that they put Acts on the screen. Okay. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 7. He said, therefore, as you abound in everything, in faith and utterance and knowledge, and in all diligence, and in your love to us, see that you abound in this grace also. So there are a number of graces mentioned in that passage. Faith, utterance, knowledge, all diligence, love for the brethren, love for the things of God, love for the work of God. And then when he says, see that you are bound in this grace also, he was talking about the grace of giving. So all trust is a grace, just like giving. Faith is a grace. All trust is a grace. Knowledge is a grace. Many of us, I'm sure we've had this uh, experience once or, or uh, in a, I mean, uh, or, or twice or more than that before. Which is why for many of us, our Bible is our sleeping tablet. You want to read. You just know that when you start reading, you become sleepy. When you want to do any other thing, you are alert. You are awake. You need grace. Receive that grace in Jesus' name. Amen. I say, you need, receive that grace in Jesus' name. Amen. We need to pray for utterance. And for what the Bible calls a door of utterance. A door of utterance. In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18. Ephesians 6, 18. The Bible says, Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. And watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Now go to verse 19. He says, and for me, 
that all trust may be given unto me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. In other words, without utterance, you cannot declare the mystery of the gospel. Without utterance, you cannot declare that Jesus is Lord. Without utterance, you cannot tell anybody that you're you even a Christian, which is a problem many of us have. In fact, if there's anything that wants to give you out as a Christian, what do you do? You hide it. We're talking about Christ in you. Christ in you gives you utterance. If you are still hiding your Christianity, if you are ashamed of men and women knowing you are a child of God, what is the sin that is covering your glory? What is the sin that is preventing your manifestation? This is our month of what? Divine manifestation. It's a month that we are expected to shine forth in holiness. In holiness. If Christ is not in you, you cannot be the spokesman for God. So that's the starting point. That's the starting point. Number three. Christ in you makes you a testimony. Christ in you makes you what? How many testimonies are here today? You know, some of us are testimonies in the making. Do, do you know what that means? They call some things work in progress. You are a testimony in progress. Testimony, I'm a testimony in progress. And there will be divine manifestation in Jesus' name. Christ in you makes you a testimony. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 6 to 8. 1 Corinthians 1, 6 to 8. 1 Corinthians 1, 6 to 8. The Bible says, even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you, so that you come behind in no gift, waiting for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, who shall confirm you unto the end, that you may be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. Christ in you makes you a testimony. And the Bible there talks about the fact that you come behind in no gift. In no gift. When you go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7 to verse 11, the Bible talks about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. He said the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. Tell somebody that includes me. Some people are not sure. He said the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man, every woman to profit with all. Say it again. That includes me. So there's a manifestation of the Spirit that is prepared for you. And that's very important. He said, for to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom. To another, the word of knowledge by the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, the gifts of healing by the same Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, the signing of Spirit. To another, diverse kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. Verse 11, he says, but all these worketh that one and the self same Spirit, dividing to every man, severally as he will. If Christ is not in you, you have no capacity to receive any gift from him. If Christ is not in you, the Holy Spirit is not in you, and you cannot manifest the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Oh, brethren, the Spirit of God desires to be revealed in you. Tell somebody the Spirit of God desires 
to be revealed in you. Now tell that person, the Spirit of God desires to be revealed in me. But Christ must be in me. That's very important. That's very important. Christ in you makes you a testimony. People begin to see that a different you, not the natural you. The Bible talks about the natural man. You are no longer the natural man. You are no longer the carnal man. We'll talk about that maybe next week. You have left the realm of the flesh into the realm of the spirit. You are no longer living at the dictates of the flesh. Being a testimony is a matter of when, not a matter of if. Testimony is a matter of when, not a matter of if. That's what Psalm 126 tells us. Psalm 126 says, When the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion, who were like them that dream, there was our mouth filled with laughter. And our tongue with singing. Then said they among the heathen, The Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us, whereof we are glad. Christ in you makes you a testimony. The world sees what God has done for you. The world sees what God has done in you. The world begins to celebrate you before you open, up, you open, open your mouth. God will make you a testimony. I said, God will make you a testimony. Amen. Or he doesn't know that there will not be challenges. That's why it's a testimony. A testimony, there's a word there that is called a test. It's a test that you will pass. Amen. Tell somebody you will pass that test. As if it is, you will pass that test. That's when it becomes, I mean, uh, what's the word? It becomes sweet. If you can do it by yourself, you don't need God. True or false? The reason you need God is there are, there, are, there are so many things in life you cannot do. Is that not so? So many things. Can you wake up by yourself in the morning? You cannot. You sleep and you wake up. <laughs> you don't even know what the things that happened when you were asleep. Is that not so? Some people will just sleep. And when the following day, they would just say, oh, he just slept and he didn't wake up. She just slept and she didn't wake up. Either it is natural or spiritual. Either it is the person's time or not. But you will go to bed and say in Jesus' name. Before you say amen, you are snoring. And the following morning, you wake up. You jump out of your bed. You don't even say thank you, Jesus. God will have mercy or not. I say God will have mercy or not testimonies. And I want to give you an assurance. If God has taken you through this much up to this moment, it's because he's got glorious plans for you. I say he's got glorious plans for you. I say he's got glorious plans for you. And if you hold on, if you hold on, if you don't give up, like they normally tell us, they say don't give up. What is on the way? Your miracle is on the way. If you don't give up, truly, your miracle is on the way. So long as Christ is where? Somebody is not sure. So long as Christ is where? So long as Christ is where? You know, there's this in the right in our homes. They say Christ is the guest or in every meal. Don't make him a guest. He's not looking for a, a spare uh, uh, chair to sit on, if, uh, if any. 
Where does he want to be? In you, in you, in me. It's very important. Number four, Christ in you gives you life. Christ in you does what? He gives you life. That's why Romans chapter 6, Romans chapter 6 from verse 11, he says, likewise, recon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body, that you should obey it in the loss thereof. Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. Tell somebody don't yield unto sin. Yield not to temptation for yielding is sin. Brethren, temptation will come. Temptation, in fact, life itself is what? Every day in, uh, in, we live is what? It's temptation. But you have a responsibility not to yield. Tell somebody, do not yield. There are levels of temptation. As you resist small ones, bigger ones will be waiting around the corner. They want to, they want to arrive. But you have got to discipline yourself because you are a child of God. You live in the spirit, not in the flesh. Christ in you gives you life. Gives you life. And what type of life does, I mean, does Christ, Christ, Christ give you? He said in John chapter 10, verse 10, The thief cometh not, but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. John 10, 10. He said, But I am come that they might have life, and they might have it how? More abundantly. More. Brethren, there's abundant life in Jesus. And many a times, as children of God, the world is envying you. The world is looking at you, ah, how does he do it? How does she do it? She doesn't go to parties. When we are talking about uh, filthy things, in her she's not there. The moment you start saying all those man, she excuses herself. And she just, it just looks like she's happy all the time. How does she do it? Like I've always said, as we are sitting down here today, if we say, okay, what are your own problems? What are your own problems? What are, your own, what are you grappling with? By the time you hear what others are dealing with, what will you say? You will say, ah, I didn't know. <laughs> I, I, in fact, I have no problem. That is the truth. Because you think what you are going through, you think it's the end of the world. You have no problem. Tell somebody you have no problem. Somebody does not mean it. Tell somebody you have no problem. Now tell the person, I have no problem. You have no problem. Those things are just challenges of life. Brethren, if there's no challenge in life, there'll be no promotion. That's the truth. When you overcome the challenge, you are ready for the next level. And I see someone here who is going to the next level. Amen. You are going to the next level in Jesus' name. Amen. He, I mean, Christ in you gives you life. Abundant life. Not ordinary life. But you know, the Bible tells me that the spirit and the flesh are constantly at war. True or false? 
True. Many things are attractive to the flesh. That's why you wake up in the morning and you don't pray. The first thing you do is you take your phone and you go to where? Talk to me now. God bless you, Jared. You are in the spirit. And they are not talking as if they don't do it. You wake up in the morning, you don't pray, you don't read your Bible. The first thing you go to is WhatsApp, Instagram, Facebook, Noisebook. Which other one is there? Twitter. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That's the first thing you go to in the morning before you give thanks to God that you are even alive. And you know the worst part of it? It's the same thing. It's, the, it's, it's what you go to before you sleep. It's what you pick when you wake up. Then you put God into your five minutes prayer session. Rush, 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 rush it through, rush it through. In Jesus' name, amen. God will have mercy. Amen. I said God will have mercy. Amen. The spirit and the flesh are constantly at war. You will decide who wins the battle. Christ in you. And you know, the spirit of God is talking. Jesus is talking in you. He said, my son, not yet. My daughter, not yet. But you refuse to listen. Well, if, he, if he continues talking to you, you don't listen. That's why the book of Zechariah says, these ones that have gone to the north, they have done what? They have quieted my spirit. The spirit is talking. But you are no longer hearing. You are consumed with the affairs of this world. Christ in you. The spirit and the flesh are constantly at war. When we go to Galatians 5, 16 to 17, and the Bible says, walk in the spirit. You shall not fulfill the loss of the flesh. The flesh lost against the spirit. The spirit against the flesh. When we talk about the flesh, I'm not talking about fornication, adultery. Oh, they are part of it. They are part of it. Don't put yourself in a situation where you cannot, uh, what's the word? Where you cannot withstand temptation. Like I always say, what is a young girl looking for in a young man's house at 10 o'clock at night? In fact, what are you looking for in his house at all? Our married brother or married sister, you come together. You say you want to study. We've seen that type of study before. It results in pregnancy. And then they go and abort the pregnancy and say, God understands. God will have mercy. I said, God will have mercy. So when we are talking about the flesh, we are talking against uh, fornication, adultery, and the likes, but we are also talking about all these distractions. All these what? Distractions. Uh, Many of us, brethren, your phone is a distraction. Your iPad is a distraction. Your tablet is a distraction. You have many Bible versions under your tablet, but you never read any of them. True or false? Tell me now. True or false? There are many. Before you can, you, you actually pick your tablet to go and read the book of John. Before you uh, open that Bible app, you will see flash news. John Tory has resigned. Say, eh? Ha! I must see this one. You were going to open the book of Matthew. Now you are reading John Tory. Flash news. There's earthquake in Fiji. What's your business with that? God will have mercy or not. 
There's time for everything, brethren. That, that's why we still need this Bible. That's why you need a Bible. You have to be truthful to yourself. It's very important, brethren. It's not between you and pastor or even you and your husband. It's between you and who? It's between you and God. But all my studies I have done on this iPad. I have, I don't know how many Bible versions I have here. Definitely not less than 30. So it makes it easy for me. But I know what I'm talking about. Very early, first thing in the morning, you hear frown because I have BBC on this thing. Frown, flash news. One politician has been stabbed and he died. Now, some of us know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Flash news. Very early in the morning, the thing came on this iPad. The Lord will help us in Jesus' name. You must make up your mind. Like they say, be intentional. Tell somebody, be intentional in serving God. It's very, God never fails. The spirit and the flesh are constantly at war. Are constantly at war. And that's the last thing I'm going to talk about, brethren. Christ in you enables you to dwell in the spirit. That's my fifth point. Christ in you enables you to do what? To dwell in the spirit. When the Bible says walk in the spirit, you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. It's because Christ is in you. If Christ is not in you, you cannot walk in the spirit. If Christ is not in you, all those other things will be more attractive to you than the important things. I have, I have experienced this before. I don't know if any of us have done it. You are praying for something. Ah, and when I'm praying for something, I will fast, I will do navigate, I will do everything. But you know what? By the time I get it, I don't like it. Has it happened to anybody here before? You are praying for these things. I, I'm not, I mean, there's, at times I pray for things over a period of <laughs> maybe a year or so. So, I, I mean, what I'm talking about. And you do everything. You pray, you fast, you do this, you do that. By the time you get it, is this, I mean, you, you find that events have done what? They have overtaken it. It's no longer relevant. Christ in you enables you to dwell in the spirit. What choices are you making today? The Bible, I mean, tells us in Romans chapter 8. From verse 9. See, you are not in the flesh, but you are in the spirit. If the spirit of God dwells in you, if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. Can I ask you, do you belong to Jesus? Can you ask your neighbor, do you belong to Jesus? Maybe we should put it another way. Because we say Jesus is my Lord and Pastor and Savior, right? So now ask your neighbor, does Jesus own you? That's very important. Is he your Lord? Is he your Savior? That's the only way he can be the Lord of your life. That's how he can be in you. In you. Not as a guest. That's why that small voice, small voice, that he will be speaking. Remember, he speaks in that still, small voice. That's how you can hear the voice and be obedient to his word. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 17 to 19, makes us understand that Christ dwells in you by faith. 
You must be rooted and grounded in love. Then you can comprehend what I call the unsearchable. And you know the love of Christ which passes knowledge. Look at that. You know something that passes what? Knowledge. Does it make sense? The, where the knowledge of man stops is where the knowledge of God starts. Your limitation is the point of divine comprehension. Where your, where, where your ability starts is where God meets you and says, I'm taking you higher. Who is God taking higher here today? He will take you higher in Jesus' name. Christ in you. I want us to bow down our heads and let's begin to talk to God. Let's begin to talk to God. Is he in you? That's the starting point. You must ask yourself that question uh, and ask it truthfully. If he's not in you, tell him now. Say, Lord Jesus, uh, that's why I'm here today. Come into my life. I'm here today that you may be in me. Into my heart. Into my heart. Come into my heart. Lord Jesus, come in today, come in to stay, come in to my heart, Lord Jesus, into my heart, into my heart. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus. Come in today. Come in to stay. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus. One more time. Into my heart. Into my heart. Come into my heart. Lord Jesus. Come into today. Come into listening to this message online or in house and you've not given your life to Christ, this is the moment of uh, salvation. This is the moment of decision. Open your heart and say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Come in today. Come in to say, I repent of all worldliness because Christ cannot be in me and I'm so full of worldliness. Tell the Lord, I repent of worldliness. Come into my life. Come into my heart. Take the preeminence. Have your way in me. Have your way in me. Write my name in the book of life. Beginning from this day, help me to be obedient to that still small voice of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name, we are praying. Amen. Do you know, brethren, that Christ cannot cohabit the same temple with sicknesses and diseases? You are going to open your mouth and say, ah, ah, whatsoever will not glorify God in my life. Every sickness, every disease. Ah, 
Jesus Christ. Approve them from my life in the name of Jesus. Open your mouth and pray. Pray for yourself. Christ in you. Christ in you. He is the root of perfect healness. He is the root of perfect health. Why don't you tell the Lord, I yield myself unto you from the crown of my head to the sole of my feet. Whatever stands for sicknesses, whatever stands for diseases, whatever stands for affliction, I come against you today in the name of Jesus. Every sickness, every disease, every affliction. Father, you are in me. Uproot from my life in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name we are praying. The Bible says our God is a consuming fire. So the Christ in you is what? It's a consuming fire. You say fire of God. Fire of God. Consume everything that is not of you in my life, in my body. Oh, Zika, Lima, Katola, Indaria. Spirit, soul, and body. Whatsoever is not of you, fire of God, consume because you are in me. Because you are in me. Because you are in me. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Be magnified, O Lord. For we have prayed in Jesus' name. Father, I pray for your children. That whatsoever will not glorify your name in every temple, you will uproot in the name of Jesus. That your fire will be released and destroyed. Every yoke in the name of Jesus. The Bible says by the reason of the anointing, every yoke shall be broken. That anointing that breaks the yoke, release right now in the name of Jesus. You take all the glory. Let all the healing be ours. Let all the blessings be ours. For we pray in Jesus' name.